this is the Home Talk Guys radio show, and we are broadcasting today sitting beside a campfire on the banks of the Sawmill River outside our bucolic little town. <laughs> you know, I love being out here in nature, the sound of the river, and a blazing campfire. In fact, as I watched you build this campfire, I was amazed how closely you followed the 15 steps to building a campfire. 15 steps? What are you talking about? Come on, you know, you got four Eagle Scouts in that family. Surely you've known that the 15 steps to building a campfire for cooking a dinner. Never heard of them. Oh, then listen up. Number one, split dead limbs into fragments and shave one fragment into slivers. Okay. Number two, bandage your left thumb. (laughs) Number three, chop other fragments into smaller fragments. And number four, bandage your left foot. (laughs) Number five, make a structure out of those slivers. Number six, light a match. Okay. Number seven, try lighting that match again. (laughs) That's true. Number eight, get another match and try yet again to light the fire or with the match. Yeah. Number nine, apply a match to the slivers, add wood fragments, and blow gently into the base of the flames. Number 10, apply burnt ointment to your nose. (laughs) Well, then 11, when the fire is burning, add more wood. Good. Number 12, after adding wet wood and killing the fire, Uh, (laughs) soak wood with liquid from a can labeled kerosene and relight. Magic liquid. Number 13, treat face and arms for second degree burns and relabel the can to read (laughs) gasoline. Oh. (laughs) Number 14, when the fire is burning well, Slowly add increasingly larger pieces of wood. Okay. And number 15, finally, eat the rest of the hamburger from the drive-thru. <laughs> I've seen the scouts cook meals. That's, uh, that's why I always stop for a hamburger. I've been on some campouts that closely follow those steps, uh, but I'll have you know my boys and I take pride in starting our fires with just one match. In any event, we are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to answer your questions on all things home and home repair. Or anything else you'd like to discuss. You know, you can call us. We have a phone. It's 615-791-7911. Hey, or email us at questions at hometalkguys.com. That's for you Shire folks. (laughs) That's right. And remember, you can go to our website, hometalkguys.com, and click on the listen button. Or hear past shows on Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, Anchor, and most other podcast sites. It was kind of sad as I drove around the Sawmill Valley this week. Uh, Most folks have taken down their Christmas decorations. There's just a few diehard homes still lighting up the Christmas lights at night. That's true. And like you said, it's actually February, right? But I really enjoy the lights and all the nativity scenes and lawn decorations. To me, during Christmas time, the world takes on a bit of a heavenly feel for a season. Well, that's true, except for when a bonehead like the New York salesman at Miss Jenny Bobo's truck stop tries to take the joy out of the season. What happened? How is it you miss out on so much of the happenings here in the Sawmill Valley? This wait, place isn't that wait, big. Wait, wait, The only things I miss out on are your goofy stories. Well, this is a real news story. So bend an ear my way. All right. Some New York salesman stopped at Miss Jenny Bobo's Truck Stop Cafe for lunch on his way home right before Christmas and was critical of Miss Bobo's nativity scene. Critical? She does a great job with her life-size nativity characters. 
Yep, but apparently the New Yorker was troubled by Miss Jenny Bobo's portrayal of the three wise men. What could he possibly be troubled about there? He took exception to the fact the three wise men were wearing firemen's helmets. He just couldn't understand why Miss Bobo had firemen helmets on the wise men and quested Miss Bobo's familiarity with the scriptures. Oh, I bet he's sorry about that. Miss Bobo's a strong Southern Christian lady. She knows her Bible. Well, after questioning her knowledge on his way out while he was paying the bill, he asked Miss Bobo point blank about the helmets. Did she set them straight? She looked at him like he was dumber than dirt and said, <laughs> You darn Yankees never do read the Bible. You don't miss with Miss Jenny Bobo. Well, he tried to assure her that he did indeed read the scriptures, but he simply couldn't recall anything about firemen in the Bible. Firemen, huh? Yeah, you heard right. So Miss Bobo pulled out her Bible from behind the counter and ruffled through <laughs> some pages and finally jabbed her finger at a passage. Yep. Uh, like I said, she's a fine Southern lady and knows her Bible. Well, at this point, Miss Bobo was a little perturbed, and she stuck the passage in the New Yorker's face and with her Southern accent said, Say, it says here, the three wise men came from afar. <laughs> afar, huh? <laughs> Only here in the South. I reckon that pretty much set that New Yorker straight. <laughs> Darn tootin' did. He was out of there. Well, well, well. Hey, here's an email that just came in. You read to don your academic regalia and put your Ph.D. to work? Ph.D.? Well, did Sawmill Valley Community College finally award us our honorary doctorates? <laughs> nope. They won't even return my calls. I was referring to your planer, hammer, and drill, a.k.a. your handyman experience and knowledge, Ph.D. Oh, man. All right. Ph.D. I kind of like the way that sounds. Fire away. Was that far away or fire away? <laughs> hey, don't try and steal my material. <laughs> okay, let's see. This email comes from uh, Wes in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Mechanicsville. Man, that's a great name. We should open a branch of the Honeydew Eradication Association there. That'd be good, but we'd have to print more T-shirts first. Wes writes the following. I wonder if you can tell me whether I can throw old batteries in the trash or do I need to take them someplace special for disposal? Thanks, Wes, Mechanicsville, Virginia. <laughs> Great question, Wes. Uh, we appreciate your email. So, Wes, the answer to your question depends on the kind of batteries you have and where you live. So first thing you need to do is study up on your local laws. That usually will mean contacting your local landfill or your county offices. For sure. And as far as the federal government sees it, according to the USDA Forest Service Technology and Development Center, ordinary batteries like your regular alkaline and carbon zinc batteries are not considered hazardous waste and can be disposed of with ordinary trash. But other common single-use or rechargeable batteries such as lithium and those button batteries are recyclable and should be recycled. And often, you know, the big box home centers have a drop box for a lot of the rechargeable batteries, especially for your tools. True. But if access to recycling isn't available in, all lo in your location, you may be able to take these batteries to a household hazardous waste collection event or a drop-off location sponsored by your county, city, waste disposal company, or health department. That's right. Before I lived here, where I lived in Pennsylvania, about twice a year, the county ha held 
uh, battery uh, recycling for all the ones you couldn't drop off at the big store. Um, batteries like nickel cadmium and small sealed lead acid called SSLA rechargeable batteries are considered universal waste. <laughs> mm, universal waste. Yeah. These batteries are commonly encountered in emergency lighting, exit signs, security systems, and alarms. They're expensive to purchase but are rechargeable. And they can save the use of hundreds of disposable batteries over their lifetimes, providing good life cycle cost effectiveness. Now, Wes, was it Wes? Yeah. Um, grab a pencil. I'm going to give you a little bit of information now. Re ready? Okay. You can search for local rechargeable battery recycling facilities by your zip code at Earth 911 and refer to Everyday Hazmat User's Guide for more information about NICAD and SSLA battery disposal and universal waste. Wes, your question is very important because rechargeable NICAD and SSLA batteries contain lead and or cadmium, which can leak, be vaporized, and carry on the wind or leach from incinerator waste if they're disposed of improperly. That's right. And so during the recycling process, the heavy metals are removed from the batteries so that these metals don't escape into the environment. And that's extremely important as lead and cadmium are toxic heavy metals that can cause severe health effects depending on the total concentration a person is exposed to over time. The effects of cadmium depend on whether it is ingested or inhaled. Yeah, and lead affects every organ in the body, especially the central nervous system. Cadmium affects the digestive and excretory systems, and lungs both can cause cancer. And the effects of lead and cadmium exposure on fetuses and young children include delays in physical and mental development, lower IQ levels, shortened attention spans, and increased behavioral problems. Hence, the big push to eliminate lead paint from homes, and a lot of it's pretty much gone already. That's right. Well, Wes, we hope this answers your question. We appreciate you listening and putting up with my brother's sorry humor. <laughs> sorry humor? I'm the only thing that differentiates us from the plethora of humdrum talk shows. <laughs> plethora, huh? You're feeling a pretty cocksure of yourself. Hey, come on. This is a family show now. Relax, relax. Cocksure is an adjective. It means marked by overconfidence. And since you're feeling cocksure, you ready to tackle last week's brain twister? Uh, just about. But first, you know, let's take a brief break for a word from a new Home Talk Guys exclusive sponsor, Granny Smith's Homemade Real Fruit Jams and Jellies. <laughs> Why spend $3 on a cup of flavored hot water when you can start your morning a uh, natural? Spread some Granny Smith's homemade real fruit jams and jellies on a slice of nine-grain toast or a bagel or smear it into the cracks and crevices of an English muffin and watch your face come to life. All of Granny's homemade real fruit jams and jellies are made with fruit picked in Granny's own backyard and along the Sawmill Valley roadsides. Each batch of Granny's homemade real fruit jams and jellies are 100% natural. No thickeners, sweeteners, or artificial flavors. Each batch is cooked to perfection using Granny's own wooden spoon that sometimes doubles as a paddle for the youngins. And every batch is cooked atop Granny's old wood-burning stove. Each jar of jam and jelly is filled with love and slowly cooled in Granny's old root cellar. So never mind if there's a little dust on the lid. 
So in the mornings, go natural and try some of Granny Smith's homemade real fruit jams and jellies. You'll never hit the snooze button again with Granny Smith calling, especially if she's holding that wooden spoon. homemade jam this morning you talk about getting energized it's good stuff hey all right let's review last week's brain twister and see how you and our listeners did i am ready eddie uh, don't you mean freddie no that would be uh, disrespectful to mr rogers so i said eddie i sure hope they broke the mold after you were born <laughs> anyway let's hear last week's brain twister my brother and I decided to get some exercise and play a little paddle ball while the weather was nice recently. To make the game exciting, we decided to bet $1 on each game. Given that Mark showed up in short gym shorts from the 1970s, tube socks, and his work boots, I was hesitant to bet anything as I wasn't sure that I could stop from laughing long enough to chase a ball. However, after much laughing and some surprisingly good volleys, Mark ended up winning all the games until I powered back winning each of the last games. In the end, Mark won $3 and I won 5 The question is, how many games did we play? Hey, you know, if my brother would wear his glasses, I would have won. As three of the times he called the ball in, it was so far out the folks on the other court stopped their game to retrieve the ball. Yeah, right. The only reason they stopped their game was because they were laughing so hard at your work boots and tube socks. Now, do you have an answer? I have an answer, but I can see the possibility of more than one answer. Sure, sure, sure. And two plus two is whatever little Johnny thinks it should be. I get it. Now, what's the answer you came up with? I know the answer because I was there. It's 11. Correct. All right, so do we have a winner? Multiple. Multiple? Hopefully you pick just one. Of course. And the winner is? The winner is Sam from Cleveland, Tennessee. All right, nice work, Sam. Good going, and thanks for listening. We'll be in touch real soon, and although you can only win once every 30 days, we hope you'll keep listening and tell a friend to listen as well. As you know what, we're working to grow the Honeydew Eradication Association membership. You know, speaking of that, I'm thinking about offering a free copy of my new album with each new membership. <laughs> uh, you know, not to hurt your feelings, but not everyone likes the spoons as much as you do. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, we know you're just jealous that, you know, mom never had you learn an instrument. More like I listened when she said not to play with our food or utensils. I do have to admit, I'm glad there wasn't any drama in selecting this week's winner. The show flows much smoother without all that drama you often have. Uh, what are you talking about? Drama? Hey, I exercise calculated strategies to carefully and fairly, fairly, I say fairly twice, select each week's winner. <laughs> and it seems like every week something goes wrong. Hey, every genius, including me, has setbacks. Genius, huh? Heck, Thomas Edison's teacher said he was too stupid to learn anything. You know, where's that teacher now? He was fired... Thomas Edison was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. And you know how many times it took a thousand attempts to, at, at his attempt to invent the light bulb before he was successful? <laughs> how about Henry Ford? He failed and went broke four times before he had success. 
As Sumner Redstone once said, great success, like mine, is built on failure, frustration, and even catastrophe. (laughs) Well, you'd make Sumner Redstone very proud then. But you had success this week, so that's what's good. Yeah, but I had to work at it. What, by putting all the answers in the fishbowl I bought you and picking out a name? Well, I had to modify that slightly. What did you do? Well, I thought it'd be fun to float the fishbowl in my pond. You know, kind of look cool. Take the names of all the listeners that submitted correct answers and go up as high as I could in the bucket of my front end loader (laughs) and then drop the names over the pond and see which one landed in the fishbowl, kind of like you do at the carnival. So, since you live by yourself, who did you have raise you up in the bucket? Well, handyman Han, don't say anything, he stopped by, so I showed him how to operate the bucket. Great. And Sam's name landed in the fishbowl? Pretty much. Pretty much? That's like a yes or no question. It depends. (laughs) On, On what? Well, if the name landed in the bowl or was forced into the bowl. Why would you force a name into the bowl? I wouldn't. Well, intentionally, I wouldn't. All right. So what happened? Well, Handyman Han lifted me up about 12 feet over the pond, and I dropped the names. However, when I asked Han to lower me back down, he confused the controls, and he dumped me into the pond. <laughs> so, so what's that have to do with Sam's winning? Well, when I hit the water, the fishbowl tipped over and began to sink. And then, as I came up from the bottom of the pond, my head went right inside the bowl. I looked like one of those deep-sea divers with the sphere on their head. Your luck's amazing. And, and the name, Sam? Well, you know, after I climbed out of the pond, I was soaking wet, and pulled the fishbowl off my head, there on top of my hair, yes, the little bit it's left, was Sam's name. <laughs> man, oh man, you go through some machinations. Maybe this week, take my advice and just keep the fishbowl on your table, reach in, and draw out a name. Well, I could do that, or I could get a better operator from my front end loader. (laughs) All right. Whatever. I'm worn out. (laughs) You ready for this week's brain twister? Yeah, I have had my decaf green tea, so I'm firing on all eight cylinders. That is, unless I'm a hybrid, in which case I may be humming along on electric. Anyway, let's hear it. (laughs) I have a new handle for you. What? I'm going to start calling you Mater. What's Mater? (laughs) After the show, you need to watch the movie Cars. In the meantime, here's this week's Brain Twister. Scientists from here at NASA planned a research trip into space to study the effects of zero gravity on various birds. After carefully planning, the scientists had to scrap the mission when one of them realized that in spite of having sufficient water and appropriate food supplies on board, the birds could die from dehydration within hours of entering space. The question is, why? If you think you know the answer or want to take a chance that my brother screws up the selection process, which is a pretty high probability, <laughs> send your answer to us at mail at hometalkguys.com. Remember, you can only win once every 30 days. The winner, selected at random, will get their choice of a $25 gift certificate from Ace, Lowe's, or Home Depot. Yeah, for all the criticism, you don't see him picking the winner. <laughs> and for those of you who know I'm the person that picks the winner, I have something for you. For an enhanced chance of winning, write your name and answer on a slip of paper, slide it into a pair of outdoor research lucent heated sensor gloves with all the heat technology. 
customizable heat settings powered by lithium-ion batteries, which we talked about earlier, has Gore-Tex inserts and lightweight synthetic Endorloft insulation. Hey, be sure they have the super cinch gauntlets to extend protection up my arms. You can mail the gloves to my attention, that's Mark with a C, at the Lumberjack Lodge. I'll be waiting. You do know those are like $350 pair of gloves, right? Uh, why do you think I don't already own a pair? But that's nothing to, to a well-heeled listener of ours that wants a better chance of winning. Hey, and maybe maybe you guys could throw in some heated socks with those also. <laughs> well, don't hold your breath. Hey, did you uh, hear our traveling Mike was on the job site this week when a new trim carpenter came to town? Oh, man. Is this going to give Max and Vinny a run for their money? Kind of, only with a twist. Let's listen in. Excuse me. Hi, I'm Rhonda. I was told to report here to begin work. <laughs> well, little miss, we're, we're building a home here, not cleaning it. I think you must have the wrong address. Well, aren't you just a sweetie with your 19th century mindset and all? No, I'm the new trim carpenter here to trim out this new home, and I was to report to Superintendent Lee. Yeah, I'm Lee, but are you serious? Mr. Lee, I've done trim work all over this country. My daddy taught me and my brothers from the time we were very young, and I'm good at what I do. I bet you look good doing it, too. Sir, a true professional takes pride in their work and themselves. <clears throat> well, you can call me Brock. Wait, Brock? Brock Lee? Brock Lee. <laughs> nice name. Maybe you should try incorporating some into your apparent high-carb diet. Uh, what's that? Please, just tell me where you want me to start. Well, uh, the homeowner here wants three-piece trim in the kitchen. All the stock is in the living room over there, and now let's see what you got. Now you're talking. Let me go get my tools. Here, let me help you there. Uh, uh, sorry if I came across a little gruff. I... I... I mean, I'm not used to a pretty lady showing up to do carpentry work, you know. Well, you're not the first one to tell me that. Fact is, I, I think you might be the first this valley has ever seen. Well, what brings you to town? Well, I grew up in a small northern town, but the winters were just too cold for the outdoor activities I like. Now, don't tell me you fish. Not only do I fish, I hunt, I hike, I bike, I do triathlons, ride horses, and just about anything else the outdoors has to offer. Plus... One day I hope to open a little fitness club. <laughs> so I'd be a trim, trim carpenter. Aren't you the clever one? Is this the trim profile the owners want? Yes, ma'am. And that uh, profile looks mighty good to me. Mr. Lee, the profile I was referring to is over there. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, that looks good, too. Can I, can I help you put it up? Thank you, but I should be fine. Well, maybe I'd better just watch to make sure it looks good going up. You mean looks good once it's up, don't you? Uh, sure, sure. Yes, that, that's what I mean. Now, now tell me, how'd you find the Sawmill Valley? Well, I read a trade article about Max and Vinny and how they're America's handiest handymen from a bucolic little valley tucked away in the south. And I thought I'd give it a try. Well, good for us. Folks in the Sawmill Valley are hard-working, level-headed, freedom-loving patriots who pride themselves in being independent, self-sufficient, and helping a neighbor in need. Well, I'll fit right into that demographic. I've done the big city, and I wasn't long before I realized I'm really a small-town girl. Born that way and always will be. Well, good. 
Glad to have you on the job, Nino. Once you settle in, you should check out the Big Bucks Coffee House and the Wild Game Cafe up and coming night. They have good live music and a fun atmosphere here to meet other folks from around the valley. Well, thank you. I'll keep that in mind. And you know, if you want, I'd be happy to pick you up and take you there. It's usually Fridays, but sometimes it changes. It just depends on when they can get the talent. Well, that's very kind of you, and I'll keep your offer in mind once I'm settled in. Now, if you want to help me carry this trim into the kitchen, I'll accept your help. Yeah, sure thing. You won't get the front there, and I'll grab the rear. I, I, I mean the back. Mr. Lee. Ma'am, that was an honest slip. I may be fighting the 21st century blur between men and women, but I'm still a southern gentleman. All right, then forgive me. Perhaps I wrongly assumed you were like most other men on the job sites. Miss hmm. Rhonda, you, you like animals? I sure do. Then now that you're in the South, you may want to know the difference between a zoo here in the South and the zoos up north. There's a difference? Yes, ma'am. See, in the North, the zoos have the name of each animal as well as its Latin name written on the plaque. Here in the South... We have the name of each animal and a recipe to go with it. <laughs> Don't quit your day job, Mr. Lee. Oh, come on, that was funny. Okay, here you go. That should be enough trim for now, and if you need anything else, just let me know. Otherwise, I'll be back in just a little bit to see how it looks. Pleasure to meet you, Miss Rhonda. Likewise, Mr. Lee. Oh, boy. Hey, you think that Brock Lee is Bruce Lee's vegetarian brother? <laughs> oh, man, that's pitiful. Well, sounds to me like Trim Carpentry is stepping up its game here in the valley. Yeah, well, you know, I hope uh, Rhonda likes our little corner of the world. Yeah, I suspect our traveling Mike will catch up with her again soon. For sure. Say, let's uh, take a break from the, from an ex- for a word from an exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. Okay, uh, this is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network on WVNN. Be sure to check out our past shows. You can go to our website, hometalkguys.com, and click on the red Listen to Past Shows button or listen on Google, Apple, iHeart, or most other podcast sites. Just search for the Home Talk Guys. We'll be right back after this great commercial. here with a great new tool for all you homeowners that do most of your own painting. Are you tired of trying to mix paint with a stir stick or by shaking the can until your arms go numb? Now there is good news. Color Your World Paints and Supply is now selling the Spin and Mix Ultra, the new way to thoroughly mix your cans of paint. This item is only available at Color Your World stores. The Spin and Mix Ultra can handle any can from a half pint to one gallon and it only takes five minutes to set up. You simply lower the device into your washing machine, extend the stabilizer arms until they are firmly against the sides of the tub. It's now ready for use. Currently, this device only works with top load machines with or without the center post. Next, take your can of paint and insert it into the proper chamber. Turn on the washer using only the spin cycle as no water is required. The rotating action of the washer tub will cause the gyro-mounted chamber to shake the can in multiple directions, providing a thorough mixing. If when using the Spin and Mix Ultra, your washer tends to walk around your laundry room or bang off the wall, we have custom tie-down anchors available. 
please always remember to remove your spin and mix ultra before the next wash load because if you don't you will be making rags not clean laundry this is just one more tool to help the handyman painter do a quality job in an effort to meet the unreachable demands of their spouse noah drips for color your world paints to the Home Talk Guys radio show. We are Ken and Mark here to assist with your home and home repair questions. Or anything else that's on your mind. You know, you can call us at 615-791-7911 or email us at questions at hometalkguys.com. We'd love to help you out or hear your advice. Hey, hey, the emails are starting to pile up, so let's see if we can help another listener. Hey, try to pick a good one and not not a personal hygiene question, okay? Well, let's, let's see here. Let's look at this one. Uh, it, it is kind of personal hygiene. See, I knew you didn't pay any attention to me. Uh, what is it about our show that makes folks want to pepper us with personal hygiene questions? You know, perhaps they've seen how we groom and dress. <laughs> anyway, this question is very timely. It comes from Fran in Tennessee. She didn't say we're in Tennessee. Hey, another Tennessean, the birthplace of the Home Talk Guys radio show. That's right. That's right. Fran writes, I'm reading about the coronavirus and seeing lots of pictures of people wearing surgical masks. Your show seems to bounce all over the place, so I'm <laughs> so I'm hoping you know if these masks actually prevent the spread of disease. Thanks, Fran. Somewhat concerned in Tennessee. Come on, Fran. I think you were at medical school graduation. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, our show is usually laser-focused. We don't bounce. Heck, we can't even dance. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, but you do ask an excellent question, so we'll, we'll stick with it. In fact, because of recent news, I was going to address that in my tip of the week section. But we can answer it now, and maybe I can come up with another tip. You know, I haven't checked uh, for an update this week, but last week in the news, I heard that there was someone being watched closely for possible infection of the virus in middle Tennessee. So I understand Fran's concern for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, according to Dr. William Schaffner, doctor, at, uh, I thought he was a captain. You dingling. That's you're thinking of captain Kirk, the, the character played by actor, William Shatner, different spelling <laughs> and no help when it comes to diseases either. <laughs> True. That would be uh, bones, right? Uh, Enough with the Trekkie stuff. I'm referring to Dr. William Schaffner, a professor of preventive medicine and infectious disease at Vanderbilt University. He says surgical masks will not prevent you from acquiring disease. That's right. That's because surgical masks are typically used to protect patients from mouthborne germs of the surgeon. Basic surgical masks don't prevent the inhaling of a disease. Boiled down... When I wear a surgical mask, it helps prevent me from infecting you. In part because the mask is too flimsy and isn't fitted to the wearer's face, they have gaps and spaces that make it easy for air to move in and out. That said, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, almost only known as the <laughs> CDC, is currently recommending anyone infected or being tested for the coronavirus Wear a surgical mask when in public. That's right, to help prevent 
spreading the disease. However, another infectious disease doc says these masks may block large respiratory droplets from entering your body when an infected person sneezes or coughs and notes these large droplets are largely behind the spread of this disease. So there may be some benefit in this case. Now, Fran, I mean, if you're super concerned, there is a more protective mask and it's known as an N95 respirator. However, you know, for it to work efficiently, it has to be used correctly. And this requires some knowledge and skill training. You know, Dr. Schaffner says a more preventative measure is an abundance of hand washing. Excellent question, Fran. Hope we helped bring a smidgen of clarity to the many pictures we are all seeing. Stay healthy. Man, you know, we haven't had a show like this before. I mean, these are some very timely and relevant questions. Hey, hey, hey. All of our listeners ask relevant questions. Even the toe clipper guy. And we're doing our job. That's what we're doing. Trying to help folks keep aware and informed. And hopefully providing a laugh now and then. <laughs> hopefully, uh, but unlikely with you. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, the whole mask discussion also has applications for handy folks as a simple surgical mask. It isn't effective for painting or working around fine dust particles. That's right. In those situations, the person needs a quality respirator mask, and you can buy those at most of the big box stores. That is correct. Hey, um, speaking of being informed, let's see. Are you ready for word and quote of the week? Always. I'm kind of a wordaholic, you know? Uh, you mean etymologist? Uh, I think et is poor grammar, right? It should be eight or eat. Or the appropriate corresponding form. You know, like, I ate my sandwich or I have eaten. Not, I ate my sandwich or have you et. That's just wrong. Uh, you know what? Let, let's just never mind. Uh, you're speaking a whole nother language. I don't know what you're going on. <laughs> you call me a polyglot? I haven't said anything about how many wives you have. Now let me give this week's word. The word this week is dewdropper. Dewdropper? I have never heard that. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of surprised you haven't heard this. It's a lazy guy who sleeps all day and has no ambition. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, nothing. I'm just surprised it's new to you. <laughs> Dewdropper, huh? Good word. It actually seems like we're seeing an uptick in Dewdroppers, uh, which may explain why a Gallup poll from last year found that four in ten Americans favor some form of socialism. Hmm. It's kind of scary, at least to me, that... Anyone thinks the government should control more That's, stuff. Can you imagine giving more power to the knuckleheads so pervasive in Washington, D.C.? I mean, just the thought of that makes me weak. Okay, anyway, how about a quote of the week? Well, this week, quote, ties in with the word of the week, dewdropper, and is credited to Andrew Carnegie and goes like this. You can't push anyone up a ladder unless he's willing to climb himself. Oh, so true. Reminds me of trying to get my kids to do their homework. Anyway, well done. Good quote. Okay, let's see here. It's time for a little handy folks news, so listen up. It's been another productive week here in our little corner of the world, Sawmill Valley. New Year's resolutions are still in play. The Sawmill Valley Rec Center has seen a significant increase in attendance. In fact, Handyman Han made a resolution to exercise more, so he began running on the treadmill. You know, sometimes it's wise to walk before we run. <laughs> Something Handyman Han should have tried. Handyman Han should try everything, uh, a trial run <laughs> before he actually right. does it. He's okay, but he made quite a scene. He selected a hill course, which means 
The treadmill goes up and down and faster and slower depending on the terrain. When Hans started on level ground, he was doing fine, and he slowly began climbing. And just as he reached the summit, his phone rang. And when he looked over to see his phone, the treadmill declined and sped up, and Han went tumbling down with a thud. And if you've ever fallen on a treadmill, it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Somehow, his sweatpants got caught in a treadmill belt and were pulling Han into the belt until all at once, the pants came off, leaving Han showing the world that he's an athletic supporter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Needless to say, it was a cheeky experience. Oh, another corny line. <laughs> Who wrote that? I bet it was you. Hey, it's the news. It's the news, okay? Fitness centers, you know, they're a funny place, especially in small towns like Sawmill Valley. Some folks go to the gym to socialize, which is okay. I just wish they wouldn't sit on a piece of equipment others actually want to use while they socialize. Then there's the meathead that can't quite reach the... Uh, floor to return the weights and has to drop them each time. He's usually the same guy that doesn't comprehend the concept of re-racking your weights once you're done. He also tends to be the one that needs to stand in front of a mirror and flex after each set. I mean, I know exercising can change appearance, and I'm all for that, but chances of it happening right after you're done and doing an exercise is slim, really none. And old guys... What is it about older guys that makes them sit at a weight machine, put the pin on a heavy setting, and then go through a range of motion that is so limited that all they basically do is tense their muscles and relax? I mean, the weight doesn't actually move. <laughs> I remember with Dad, he would do that. I'm like, isn't that kind of like uh, what was that uh, where you press on something without moving? I forget what kind of lifting that used to be. Uh, isometric. Isometric. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I just can't. I can't help but listen. Uh, I can't help but smiling when I see one of those older guys with a towel around their neck, neck like they've had some heavy duty work on. I mean, come on. <laughs> we all see how aren't, hard they're working. Aren't those towels for like snapping in the shower <laughs> in the locker room? <laughs> you know, I think fitness centers and gyms are in many ways a reflection of life. There are those who plan and execute, those who show up to look good, those who come to socialize, those who are clueless and won't ask. <laughs> And those who ask but won't follow instructions. Anyway, that said, my hat's off to all that sincerely try and whatever worthwhile they endeavor to undertake as their New Year's resolution. Well, that's the latest news from Sawmill Valley where every home has a honeydew list, every garage has a workbench, and almost every male puts the seat down. Yeah, well, you know what I like about the gym? Ah. Sarcasm, one thing. I like when I'm at the gym and people walk past the big sign that says, no cell phones, please, while they're talking on their <laughs> cell phone. And they continue to do so between sets, forcing others to wait while they piddle around on a piece yeah, of equipment. I've been there many, many times. Hey, let's say we take a short break for a word from another exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. Okay, this is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network. Please check out our website at HomeTalkGuys.com and ca catch you know all our past shows on Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and most other podcast sites. Just search for the HomeTalkGuys.com.
Big John here for House of Thrones Plumbing Supply. The demand for the get-out showerhead was so great we now have a waiting list until the next order arrives. So while you're waiting for those to arrive, consider the new Wonder Seat 5000. Once you experience the Wonder Seat 5000, your cheeks will never be the same. No, not the ones below your eyes. This toilet seat does it all, and still fits all standard bowls. Sure, it's heated, and of course it's padded. One of the best features is a massager for the cheeks that is activated by the occupant's weight. It also has a digital readout scale. To prevent embarrassment, if too much time passes while occupied, it plays the sound of running water to assist you. It's constructed with 21st century sound-blocking wave technology to keep any undesirable sounds from reaching the dining room. When it senses all the weight has been removed, it automatically flushes, then it releases a mist of ocean breeze disinfectant. There's lots more, but only enough time to explain one more function of this seat, so listen up. This seat has a highly refined audio sensor that can detect the sound of a zipper opening. To work, that zipper must be facing the toilet. When the sensor is triggered, it starts an automatic lifting device raising the seat, and you know the rest. Upon flushing, the seat automatically lowers, thus making everyone happy. Caution, ladies, unless you want to wash your cheeks, please face away from the toilet when unzipping your clothes. Well, I'm out of time, so for House of Thrones Plumbing Supply, this is Big John saying, now when you gotta go, stay a while. We are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to assist with all things home and home repair. And by the way, remember to check out Feedspot and all the great activities that you can find there. Is that a .org or a .com or what is that? Feedspot.com. All right. Check that out for lots of information. Uh, By the way, think of us as the handy folks search engine, except we don't track you, manipulate our answers to influence you, or omit or bury relevant data, or... We don't even sell your data. We're kind of the anti-Google. We, <laughs> we, you know, we make it easy to reach us if you have a phone, that is. Our number is 615-791-7911. And our email, for those who are not liking to talk on the phone, our email is questions at hometalkguys.com. Surely you must have a story that we could use on the air. Hey, what do you say we take a few minutes and give some numbers on average home improvement costs and the return at sale. All right, that sounds like a good item for our show. Folks are always asking us, you and me, if it makes sense to update a bathroom, kitchen, or bedroom. That's right. You know, it really depends on myriad of factors, some of which include, can you afford it? Do you have a clear vision of what you want? Is there another more pressing need? And are you doing it to enjoy it or just because you think it's going to help the resale value of your home? Yeah, these are all valid questions you should think about. And luckily for our listeners, there's some recent data that can help with such questions. That's right. According to the National Association of Realtors, a sleek kitchen with top-of-the-line appliances is the most likely home improvement project to increase a home's value and appeal to buyers. Now, according to the survey done by the National Association of Realtors, a full new kitchen will cost an estimated $68,000, of which you can expect to recoup $40,000 in home value. 
That's amazing, huh? 68,000 bucks. A kitchen upgrade rather than a complete redo comes in at about $38,000 with a $20,000 recoup on resale. Well, another popular remodel, of course, is the bathroom. Uh, the National Association of Realtors estimates a bathroom remodel at $35,000 with the 57% recoup. Adding a new bathroom costs phew, more like close to sixty grand with a recoup of about half. Yeah, that's why handymen, we do it ourselves. I guess the shower and sink we're actually adding <laughs> at my flipper home that's a money pit falls under the 57%, which kind of hurts. Uh, isn't this the kind of bathroom that throws the what they saw the curve way off by being <laughs> so low? Uh, hey, you can really get crazy and renovate the master bedroom. And, and from what I see in this uh, survey, these people were really crazy because the average cost of that master bedroom redo was $150,000 with a 50% recoup, which God. that covers most of my whole house. I mean... Who spends that kind of money on a bedroom? I mean, what can you add that adds up to $150,000? I mean, even if you added one of those bed jiggler machines like they have in the high-end hotels, it can't cost anywhere near that much. <laughs> Boy, I hate to break it to you. I don't know where you've been. But any hotel with a bed, <laughs> a bed that jiggles is likely not a high-end hotel anymore, but rather rented by the hour. <laughs> what? I remember as a kid, we stayed in a hotel on the way to take our sister to Transylvania University that had a bed jiggler, and our family stayed all night. It was great. Yeah, I remember you were always looking for quarters, too, to put in that machine. <laughs> I thought it was great. Well, hey, as far as those jigglers, I'm just giving you my thoughts. You stay where you want. Now, if you're considering finishing your attic or basement, the basement is the more profitable way to go. Converting a basement averages around forty-seven grand and increases a home value by sixty-four percent. And on the other hand, converting an attic costs an estimated eighty thousand dollars with a recoup of about fifty-six percent. Now listen closely to this: the most lucrative home improvement homeowners can make is putting on a new roof, assuming that your roof already isn't reasonably new. That's true. Those who spend an estimated seventy-five hundred dollars recouped $8,000 or 107% at resale. Also, new flooring pays back very well with a little over 100% recoup at the sale, while refinishing floors basically breaks even. And upgrading insulation, as we always talk about, is almost always a useful project, and it yields a recoup of about 83%. However, you got to factor in there's also those energy savings. And now for a new garage door, which obviously will look really nice, especially if you can see it from the street. It'll cost you about $2,100. There's a large variety out there. And has about a 95% recoup at sale of the house. So some interesting stats to help educate. And since we already have our Professor Garb on, what do you say? Let's knock off another one of these emails. Hold on, hold on. Let me retie this bow tie. You know, I'm really not a tie guy. Yeah, I do know that. In fact, uh, what happened to that shirt you usually wear to formal occasions? You know, the one that has the tie printed on it? Well, of course, I loaned it to a friend. And you know what they say about loaning stuff out. Don't expect it back. But I loaned it to a friend for a funeral, and he hasn't brought it back yet. I'm hoping it's because he wants to get it dry cleaned. <laughs> a funeral, <laughs> huh? That's amazing. Okay, well, let me read uh, while you tie, okay? This yeah. email comes from Nancy in Athens, Alabama. Nancy writes, she says, my husband has a job offer in Orlando, Florida. We live in Athens, a relatively small town where many folks know each other and watch out for one another. 
I haven't done much traveling, and I wondered if you had any thoughts on Orlando. Thanks, Nancy, in Athens, Alabama. Man, Orlando. What a great old hometown of mine. I was there working for about 20 years, but it's been 20 years since I spent my 20 years there. You know, Nancy's question is perfect. As we just read a report that was done last year by Business Insider and SurveyMonkey, and it asks some 2,000 adults to select the five rudest cities from among a list of the 50 largest U.S. cities. I wonder if they asked the people in those towns or from somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, while this survey had clear restrictions, for example, if I felt a mid-sized city was very rude, I couldn't select it as it wasn't one of the, uh, as one of the five because it wasn't on the list to begin with. That's true. Anyway, Nancy, the 10... Now, they, they listed way more than 10, but the 10 most rude cities based on the survey are as follows. Coming in at number 10, the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Number 9, the city of brotherly love, <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, having grown up in Pennsylvania, we don't really consider that to be an accurate statement. But anyway, number 8, Baltimore. Number 7, Buffalo, New York. And number six, the Motor City, Detroit. <laughs> I lived there for a while. But they got great music, even if they're rude. <laughs> number five is Boston. Number four, Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois. And the third most rude city, according to this survey, is our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., preceded by the second rudest city, the city of Angels, Los Angeles. And, drumroll, the number one rudest city is... The Big Apple, New York City. I guess Ooh, probably man. not surprising to a lot of people. I hope we don't have a lot of listeners in New York that are going to take offense to that. Oh, we hey, did, we, did, we didn't do we the, didn't survey. the survey. We're just reporting the news. Okay, now more to Nancy's questions. Orlando came in at number 40. So, you know, it may not be too rude there for you, Nancy. And my experience is Orlando, while it is still growing fast and, and, and somewhat of you know, the town itself is still somewhat of a smaller town feel. But I will tell you from visiting quite often, the traffic is becoming unbelievably horrific. That's right. To me, the biggest thing about Orlando, Nancy, is start saving your coins now because it is Toll City. Anyway, good luck, Nancy. Hope you move, your move works out well for you and your family. And hey, don't forget your beloved Athens. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing is someday we'll talk about that toll stuff in Orlando because there's a government behind that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, after last week's awesome response to the article song down at the Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe, uh, that was the one, Must Be Loved, and considering Clayton T. says the guitars for the articles often puts people to sleep, what do you say we play a m more recent song from the articles this week but make it a rocking one. I loved last week's song, so I'm all for another article song. You know, there's no telling if, if they'll make it big and suddenly forget all about the Sawmill Valley. Okay, well, here's a song the articles did at Big Bucks called Waitress. Let's give a listen.
Some song from the articles out of the Richmond, Virginia area. Yeah, you know, and you can read more about the articles on our website, hometalkguys.com. Click on the Big Bucks tab at the top of our homepage and go to uh, scroll down. You'll see a picture of the articles, the song, and the, the band and everything. And if you are or you know an up-and-coming singer or band that would like a chance to be heard on the radio, contact us through our website for consideration. Indeed. We love featuring up-and-coming talent. All right, let's take one last commercial break. This is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network on WVNN. Buzz Cut here, owner of Uncle Donkey's Roundback Tonsoil, and I am proud to introduce a new product from our personal care line for handy folk wannabes. Are you a computer geek, a paper pusher, a telemarketer, or work at some other office job? Do you spend all day in air conditioning with a luxury break room and spotless restrooms? For work, do you get all gussied up and smell like flowers and spice? Well, is your life missing something? This is for all you desk jockeys in your dress clothes who stare out the window in envy at that big construction site across the road. The one where workers can spit on the floor, wear vulgar t-shirts, and swear out loud. Have you always wanted your own hard hat, a real lunch pail, or to get that phone number in the Porter John that says for a good time call? Male or female, thanks to the Honeydew Life products, we can now get you one step closer to feeling that big construction worker status. Old Dela Sweat Deodorant is what you need. They have carefully replicated the aroma coming from under the arm of a big manly tattoo construction worker after working eight hours of hot, sweaty, dirty work. So next time you get out your honeydew work clothes, just roll a small amount of old daily sweat under each arm. Then, using one of the included non-staining moist towelettes, wet your shirt in the appropriate places, throw on your tool belt, and go about your honeydew list feeling like a pro. 
Maybe your spouse will even pack one of the kids' lunch boxes and fill the thermos for you. Honeydew Life Products says whether you work a little or a lot, you can still stink it up and feel good about it. And these products are now available exclusively at Uncle Dunky's Round Bike Ton Soil. So come on, visit us at Uncle Dunky's, park in front of the mall near Porky's world-famous meatless barbecue, and come round back for a grooming experience handy people rave about. Uncle Dunky's Roundback Ton Soil. From head to toe, we groom to show. Welcome back to the Home Talk, guys. We are Ken and Mark, and we hope you've enjoyed today's show as we've tried to help make your home a better place. An important part of taking care of our home is ensuring we are involved in our homeland, i.e. the good old U.S. of A. That's for sure. And as as the primary season is upon us, the Home Talk guys strongly encourage each of us to educate ourselves, starting with understanding the foundations of this great country and the freedom so many fought for on our behalf. Why don't we discuss just one example that affects our homeland, the Electoral College. The Electrical College? I've wired a lot of homes, but I ain't never been to no Electrical College. (laughs) Funny. It's a serious topic that most Americans don't understand or appreciate. Check this out. A joint study by Brandeis University looked into America's understanding of the presidential election process. Their findings indicate the public knows very little about how the process works. The majority of the American public thinks the Electoral College is a school. A majority of Americans believe the Electoral College should be abolished and popular vote should decide. Do you know what that would mean for the vast majority of the states in this country? So if the election of the president is based solely on popular vote, only the areas of highest population concentration will control national elections. And that should scare folks, especially those of us who live in the states between the coasts that uh, often are referred to as flyover country. Anyway, uh, time flies and when you're <laughs> having fun. <laughs> yeah, especially when your clock's hour hand gets stuck to the second hand. <laughs> Come on, that's just silly nonsense. Next, you're going to tell me you've been to 57 states with one left to go. Uh, funny. Nobody would have, with any kind of brain would say that. <laughs> so true. As always, thanks for listening. We hope you've learned a little, laughed a little, and tell a friend to listen next Saturday for another edition of the Home Talk Guys radio show, home of the Honeydew Eradication Association. Check out past shows on Google, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and most other podcast sites. Just search for the three monosyllabic words. Home Talk Guys. Thanks again. Now let's go out and do some good. Yo, good night, Max. Good night, Vincenzo.